Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Here's your host, Miles Beacom. Today, I have a special guest with us, Dana Dykhouse, CEO of First Premier Bank, and he's a Hall of Fame inductee from the year 2011. Dana, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Miles. Glad to be here. Dana, could you start with uh, what we really want to understand is your childhood as you're growing up, some of the challenges that you've had, and some of the other opportunities that came up for you. Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in a small town, Rock Rapids, Iowa, and uh, that's a, a great place to grow up. Like a lot of people in South Dakota, I was just across the border in Iowa, but uh, uh, you grow up in a small town, you get involved in a lot of activities. Uh, everybody uh, kind of looks out for you and they, uh, they encourage you as you go. And so it was a, a great way to grow up. Uh, I've often said we didn't have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things monetarily, but we had uh, a great uh, treasure of values. Uh, that's the one thing I learned and that helped uh, throughout my life. And I've got to say, as I went on to uh, uh, South Dakota State University, uh, had an opportunity to play football there. Uh, first one in my family to get a college education. Uh, went to work then in the, in the banking industry, at which was kind of a tough time back then in the, uh, in the early 80s. It was uh, truly part of the egg crisis and uh, learned a lot uh, going through that. Uh, but I think looking back, having been through those difficult times uh, uh, financially in the, in the ag business, uh, kind of taught me a lot of lessons that have paid off well as, as I've gone on through my life and uh, helped build a career. And you had uh, quite a childhood, but it started a little bit different than most kids as well. Could you share that with yeah. us? <laughs> well, I was, uh, uh, my uh, mother and father were not able to have children, so they adopted me. I came from a, a Florence Crittenden home in Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, we've often laughed. They had a, a letter from the attorney uh, who said that they had decided that the cost of this adoption would be $34. Uh, so when you start life uh, costing $34, uh, my given name was Skippy. They thankfully changed that to Dana. And like I said, when you start your life named Skippy with uh, costing $34, it's, there's no place to go but up. I tell you, you were worth every cent too. <laughs> Dana, so growing up, what type of chores did you have? And I read at one time that you had a uh, early business in childhood too when you were younger. Yeah, what we did had, you? We had a lot of things. You know, I'd, uh, uh, some of the things that I did uh, at home, we had uh, garden produce that I'd load in a wagon and go door to door in Rock Rapids. I, we were kind of always entrepreneurs, but uh, I've often said also uh, with, uh, we had a, a small farming operation and when you're responsible for something other than yourself, if, if we didn't get up in the morning and feed the cows and feed the horses and uh, uh, they didn't get fed. And so it gave you that sense of responsibility. And I know that doesn't sound like a, a big deal, but I truly think it is. Having responsibility and feeling that sense of responsibility for something other than just yourself kind of grounds you in life. What did you think of that work ethic that you were raised with of getting out, working with the cattle and, and working on the, on the farm? Well, most a lot of other kids didn't have to do that. You no, know, at the time, I, I you get tired of it in a hurry. <laughs> you know, you want to do other things, but uh, uh, we were always uh, we were always taught that uh, we would uh, get up, do the chores, you you do your work, you'd go to school, 
you had that uh, that discipline to do that, and I think that was uh, uh, that was something that was ingrained in me early. It was just a way in which we uh, conducted our lives, and I think looking later on in business, that really helped out. And did you have an exterminating business when you were young? Well, I did. I, one of the things we did is uh, I kind of had a mouse trap line. I would go around to the neighbors and uh, uh, trap mice for them. Got paid 25 cents a mouse, so that was a good deal. And uh, it was a lot of fun and got to meet a lot of people. Uh, people of all walks of life lived in our neighborhood, and I was their mouse catcher. Dana, then you went on to SDSU, and you, had, you received a scholarship for football, which helped with the cost of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what did you do in the summers as well? Well, in the summers, I had a number of different jobs. I was a, uh, a gravel truck driver for quite a number of uh, summers. Uh, well, the first job ever, as we all did back then, is uh, before they came along with all the new uh, herbicides and uh, uh, pesticides, we walked bean fields. And so we would walk bean fields and uh, pull the weeds out of the beans. And uh, then later on, I uh, uh, drove ready mix truck, uh, drove gravel truck uh, in the summer times, and probably one of the things during uh, college years that was most um, impactful in my life is I went south with the combine crew. We'd start down in Texas harvesting wheat and come north until it was time to go back to uh, uh, fall football camp. So that was quite an experience to watch that wheat harvest as it comes north. And all those summer jobs that you've had, uh, I'm sure incented you to get back and get that college degree as well. Well, it really did. You know, there was one of those jobs I was, uh, I said to, when I was a gravel truck driver, I would take a break in the, the little break room and up on the wall was a, a word that said, uh, or a sign that said uh, minimum wage $3.10 an hour. And I've often said, that's what I made was $3.10 an hour. Um, I probably wasn't worth that. I wasn't a very good truck driver. But in looking at that, I always thought, you know, if I'm not going to wait for someone in some distant capital to change that minimum wage. If I want to earn more, if I want to better myself, I'd better get an education, I'd better learn some new skills, or I'd better add some value to the job I was doing, or I'd be stuck just making what somebody else said I was going to make. It's impressive, Dana, that you worked your tail off every summer uh, between college years, and then you worked hard in college playing football, uh, you really had to really uh, take care of your time and make sure that you prioritize things to get them done. That's a lot for a young person to do. Uh, Did you ever struggle with that? Oh yeah, there were times when, uh, you know, you'd uh, uh, kind of balancing that schoolwork and job and and football, it was, uh, I I wouldn't say it was easy. It was a a difficult uh, task, but again, I think it toughened you to, uh, to the, I keep using the word discipline, but it, it taught you how to discipline yourself, to utilize your time wisely, to uh, make sure that your effort was uh, was was well used, and uh, something that I would I just encourage people to do. See how far you can go. Test yourself. Well, you tested yourself when you left Nebraska to return to South Dakota to Western Bank. Was that a tough decision to come back to South Dakota? No, not really. It was a great opportunity. My wife is from Mitchell, South Dakota. Being from Rock Rapids, our, our grandparents or our parents were still alive. So we had just started our family and we kind of wanted our kids to be around uh, their grandparents. Uh, you know, family means a lot to us. Uh, and uh, to be closer to family and closer to friends, uh, and those relationships really were important to us. So that decision, that was pretty, that was one of the easy ones in life. 
How many different jobs did you have at Western Bank? Well, I said at Western Bank, I was, a, I was an animal science major in college. And so I really didn't know that much about banking. And so uh, my philosophy when I went to Western Bank is if there was a problem in any area, I would raise my hand and say, I'll try to fix it. And so in those, uh, I was there 10 years, I think I had 11 different offices, uh, but it, it gave you an opportunity to learn different things, learn different skills, learn different pieces of banking. And then when the opportunity came along uh, to join you at Premier, I had had that experience with different areas. I, I think a lot of people are afraid to reach out and really try something new. But um, in my case, that's how you learned. When you joined at Premier, how big was the bank? Uh, Premier at the time was a little over $200 million. Uh, we had uh, oh, a little over 100 people, I think. Uh, you were at, uh, uh, at the credit card operation with uh, 30 or 40 people, and so we weren't very big back then. Can you talk about the size today? Yeah, we're uh, today we're, uh, well, uh, several thousand uh, people that uh, we employ between the bank and bank card. Uh, We've grown to a little over $3 billion as a bank. Uh, our trust department's well over $3 billion. And, uh, and uh, it's just been, it's been fun to grow. And the important thing is we haven't uh, acquired or merged with anyone. We've done it, as we like to say, one customer at a time. That's our philosophy. And uh, that makes every customer feel like they're the most important. And that's what we want to do. How do you grow a bank from $200 million to $3 billion? in really a short period of time, in 26 years, you had incredible growth. Well, I think what you have to do is you have to, number one, you have to ask for the business. I mean, you have to just go out and do it, and then you have to, uh, you have to perform. You have to make certain. I've often said that, uh, you know, as a, as a local competitor in the banking business, we can't outprice our competition. The, the big banks can outprice us. Uh, we can't out-innovate uh, them. They can have newer technology. Uh, we can't outbuild uh, them. They can often build nicer buildings. But the advantage we have is that we can uh, have better people. And uh, we've been able to attract that. And as you well know, we've worked so hard and talk a lot about the culture we have, the place where people want to come to work, where they want to serve their customers. And if we can focus on that people aspect, that's our competitive advantage. Can you talk about some of the awards or recognition that the bank has received? Well, the bank's received a lot of them, as you well know, Miles. We've been, uh, uh, we have, um, uh, we were just recently named the, the number one holding company uh, in the United States. Uh, that was a, a big honor for both uh, the bank and bank card. Uh, we've been in the top 10 of community banks uh, for many, many years. Uh, bank card has won numerous awards for MasterCard for customer service and, and for what uh, they've accomplished. But uh, we could list all those, but I'd like to, th I think more in terms of, we're in the people business. And I like to think of all the people that have uh, uh, come to work at the Premier, uh, as we say in new employee orientation, they may be with us six months, they may be with us six years. We've had people w working at our bank for more than 50 years. But no matter what that time is, we want them to feel successful and part of a successful team and, and grow themselves. If we accomplish that, uh, that's better than any award we can win. One of the things you just mentioned that you've been ranked in the top 10 banks in, in the country a number of times. Uh, recently, the number one holding company in the country. 
then it's not Eastern South Dakota or South Dakota or the Midwest, that's in the nation. Uh, that's something to be proud of, but you look at that success and you're able to do that in South Dakota and in Sioux Falls. Uh, and as you said, it ties back to the people and the, the people you surround yourself with. Just amazing accomplishments. Yeah, really it is. And it's our people that have done that. Uh, we often say we, in, in many of our businesses, uh, in, in many of our businesses, we compete nationwide. We compete with uh, banks from all over the country in, in a number of other niche businesses we have. And uh, our expertise, our, uh, our knowledge, our, our customer service levels, uh, our ability to just interact with people is something that, that gives us the edge no matter where we go. Well, when you were in high school and college, did you know this was going to be the track you're going to take and that you'd have the number one bank in the country? No, not at all. That's a great question. I don't think uh, uh, anyone could ever have dreamed of the success that we've had. Uh, I think it's more day-to-day-to-day. Uh, -to -day -to -day. That's the way I look at it. You get up in the morning and you do the best you can do. Uh, you get up the next day and do the best you can do. And and slowly but surely you make that uh, that successful. I, I often say when people want to talk about success, I say it really takes three things. You need a vision for where you want to go. We knew we wanted to be good. We didn't know how far we could go, but you have to have that vision. Then you have to have passion for what you do. Uh, we tell our staff members, don't trade time for money. If you're just trading time for money, find something else to do. Find something you can be passionate about. And then thirdly, you have to have a good strategic plan. It doesn't just happen. You've got to plan for it and you've got to execute on those plans. But if you have vision, uh, picture of where you want to go. If you have a passion for what you do, and if you have a good plan and execute it, you're going to be successful. Well, you hit on a couple of good points. And one is uh, no matter what you do, and it doesn't matter if you're a dishwasher, a cook, a teller, a uh, customer service rep, whatever, to be the best at that, the best that you can be. And if you're the best, performance will always uh, continue to in, improve. And that's exactly what the bank has done over the years, too. It's just been remarkable. What would you say to people in junior high and high school? A lot of them today, their big thing is, I don't know what I want to do. And none of us did when we were their age. But whatever we did, we wanted to be the best or, or work hard to be one of the top performing. And uh, we knew doors would open after that. What would you say to them? Miles, I think that, that sums it up. Uh, so many uh, people say, if only I could have this job, if only I could live in this community, if only I could do that, I'd be successful or I'd enjoy it. In reality, what you have to do is you have to work hard at what you do, be the best at whatever job or whatever opportunity you have. Um, enjoy what you're doing every day. As I said earlier, be passionate about it. And if you are the best at what you do, whatever that job is, whatever that task is, if you're the best at that, it's going to open more doors for you. It's just going to open more doors for you. And so that's what I'd encourage young people to do is whatever they're doing at that moment, whatever they have to do that day, tell themselves, I'm going to be the best at what I'm doing today. I'm going to do it well. I'm going to do it thoroughly. And that will lead to success and that will lead to more opportunities. And that's a great point because it's so easy to complain because it's not the job they want, but if they can turn that around and say, I'm going to be the best at this, uh, that will open those doors for them. That really will. Dana, what do you think has been your toughest challenge through your career? Oh, toughest challenge. That's, um, <laughs> I would say the, the most difficult thing that I've had to do is, is 
to embrace change. I think all of us are creatures of habit and so much has changed through our lives. Uh, as you know, when, when you and I got together 26 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. I mean, imagine that. The, the technology has changed dramatically and it's been very difficult to always embrace that. But to be able to say, when change is in front of you, to say, let's give it a try. Let's give it a try, and if we can, and often as they say, when change is happening to you or to your job, uh, it gets more difficult before it gets easier. But if you can embrace change, if you can give it a try and have that attitude, I think you'll be successful. So it's not really one thing, it's, it's a, a daily embracing that change that's gonna happen, and you'll find over time it, it makes things better. Well, change is difficult, and I don't think you've had a problem with change, uh, especially with the success that we've seen uh, throughout. What's, some, what's something that you just love to do on a daily basis now? Well, what I love to do, I am, uh, every day I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm a real early riser. I get up at uh, 4, 4.30 in the morning, and what I, I, I love to read. I love to know what's going on in the world. So I always save a, an hour or two in the morning early in the morning to read, read newspapers, read magazines, read books, and it kind of opens up your world of what's going on around you. So I would say that's the, that's the big thing for me. I don't watch much TV, but I love to read, love to keep up to date on current events and uh, read two or three newspapers a day, always reading a, a book, always reading a number of uh, magazines, and uh, I just enjoy that. Any last advice for the youth around the state that you'd like to share? Well, I think uh, the, the thing I would sh share is for all South Dakotans, not just the youth, but it's important for them, but uh, the opportunities in South Dakota are just tremendous. And it's amazing how the world is opening up to South Dakota. You talk to business people around South Dakota and they do business all over the world from South Dakota. And that opportunity over the next couple of decades, I think, is just going to be tremendous. Um, then we have a wonderful lifestyle here in South Dakota. I think that everyone, I, <laughs> I'm biased. I can't believe anybody would want to live anywhere but South Dakota. The world of opportunities is before all of us. It's just a matter of uh, reaching out and grabbing them. With the success that you've had, I was going to ask you, you probably had plenty of opportunities to move out of state, and I think you just answered that as well. Well, yeah, we had uh, we raised our, our family here. We raised our, our we have are fortunate to have our grandchildren here now in South Dakota, and uh, there's nothing better than uh, than being able to raise a family here and the the values that South Dakota has, the opportunities that are presented here. It's just uh, I don't know where else in the world you would go to uh, to find that. Uh, that type of environment. I've, I've traveled a lot, but I've just not found a place that's, uh, that creates more, uh, more opportunity than South Dakota, that creates a better uh, living environment than South Dakota. Great place to live, great place to work. It is. Well, Dana, thank you very much for the interview today, and this will inspire other people, so thank you. Well, thank you, Miles. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.